All right, we are shifting gears. Bye-bye. We are shifting gears. We are not only celebrating uh, on Sunday, Juneteenth, we are also celebrating Father's Day. The two holidays happen to fall on the same day. Uh, And a little history about Father's Day. It took this country almost 50 years uh, to make Father's Day an official holiday. Whereas with Mother's Day, Mother's Day was first recognized in 1908. And by 1914, six years later, it was an official holiday. So what does this say about how this country values fathers? It's kind of odd because we're such a patriarchal country. You would think that the men who control pretty much everything in this country would elevate Father's Day uh, in a way that's different than what we typically see. Uh, Dr. Uh, Omikongo Dabinga, my friend, is here. He's a professor at American University. He's a hip-hop expert. He's a rapper extraordinaire. Uh, And he happens to be the father of three. And he celebrates dads all uh, day, every day. So I'm excited to have him joining me this morning as we talk about Father's Day. Good morning, Dr. Dabinga. I think you're muted, Dr. Dabinga. All right. That? That That's great. Good morning. How are you? I'm fantastic. So, okay, I got to give a, a you know full transparency here. We were all set to have you on to talk about Juneteenth with those amazing panelists that we started the show, those three incredible doctors. And we were just going to talk about Juneteenth. And I said, wait a minute, it's Father's Day. <laughs> yes, we should be talking to Dr. Dabinga about Father's Day and some nameless people, because I don't want them to end the recording. Some <laughs> <laughs> nameless people that work for the special report gave me a little pushback on Father's Day, but uh, eventually we all came around. But I think that's kind of how Father's Day is. It's kind of an afterthought in this country. Mm-hmm. What's up with that? Why? Why is the country that's controlled by men, that's built, you know, on patriarchy, that's such an afterthought? Well, first of all, I think it's really important that you distinguish the way that Father's Day is looked at versus our system of patriarchy, because I don't want people to think that having this conversation, there's some type of gender thing that I'm talking about that men are being treated in a way that's more that that's um, different from women in terms of in terms of that but Father's Day specifically this country just has a, a history of not really acknowledging fathers and there's several reasons for that I think number one one of the challenges is that the because of this mentality that men are out there at work and you know the traditional stereotype of the man is at the job and the woman is at home that's the it's led to this idea that fathers are not generally in the home because they're always out working and the fact of the matter is that even for fathers who do put in work nine to five or whatever they're still engaging with their children at home i think another thing that has been very prominent in this country is that people have built this idea of the absentee father centered around particularly the absenteeism of black males in the home. And we can get into that a little bit later because a lot of that is actually built on a lie as well. And so that idea of black absenteeism in the home, people can go back to studies, the the coming motherhood, you know, from the 1970s and talk about all of these things about how 
people have painted black women and women in general as being the head of the home. It has ostracized men on many levels. And now in this commercial world that we live in, social media and the like, fathers have been excluded to such an extent that even when you watch television, a lot of the fathers that you see are idiots, you know, the Homer Simpson types of the world. And a lot of the men who are leaders in the homes are actually uncles. And it's very, it's very, Bernie Mac, for example, it's very interesting to see that dynamic as well, which has kind of changed since the days of shows like The Cosby Show. It's very interesting that you say that, uh, Dr. Domingo, about this this image that has been painted of absentee dads. And we've done shows about uh, debunking the myth that black fathers are absent. They may not be in the home, but studies show that black fathers are fully engaged in the lives of their kids. There's even one study out that shows that black men uh, do more as yep. it relates to homework and care for kids, mm-hmm. even more than white dads. But yet that image of black dads of being absent and being irresponsible is perpetuated in mainstream media. And even people like Herschel Walker, a black father himself, uh, we know a Heisman Trophy winner, a, a now a, a candidate for senator in the state of Georgia, he perpetuates this stereotype about black dads. In 2020, he's giving an interview to Diamond and Silk, I have to say, but okay, <laughs> still an interview. Yes, yes. Where he says, you know, he he apologizes for black dads being absent and says he, you know, he's wants black fathers to go into neighborhoods and, and you know become fathers to the fatherless. And then we get this report that Herschel Walker, who's criticizing black dads for being absent, has three kids that he has not fathered in in the way that he's criticizing other black men. Maybe he's paid some child support, but he has not been in the home uh, with those fathers and appears to be estranged from at least one of them. And, you know, maybe has some losses with the mothers of the others. But the point being, perpetuating that stereotype, what do you make of that? You know, Herschel is is, is such a odd figure on so many levels, (laughs) but he is a black man. He is a black father. He does have this huge platform. He's running mm-hmm. neck and neck in Georgia with uh, Reverend Warnock. So we can't fully dismiss him, mm-hmm. although he says stuff that makes him, you know, someone that should be dismissed. But absolutely, he's perpetuating this. What do you, what do you make of that? Absolutely. And we have seen this so often when it relates to black political figures who are looking to endear themselves to the white community when they talk about the need for more fathers in the home, but people don't really dig into their lives because they're, they're giving them the narrative that they want. And when it comes to Herschel Walker, we've seen that on pretty much every level outside of the fact that he's actually played football and was a football great, he's been a liar. I mean, he's lied about everything from his college education to his work with law enforcement. The, the list goes on and on. And so this is just another example of that. But as long as he He's giving the Republican conservative base the party line that they want, and he's showing that he can be just as hateful towards black people as they are. They're going to let him get away with anything, which is why he's actually in some polls leading over uh, Reverend Raphael Warnock, which is uh, amazing and, and sad. But it speaks to the fact of what Malcolm said. Whenever a black man says something that white people don't like, they're going to find somebody else to get up there and contradict that opinion. And going to your first point about, you know, black fathers in the home, it was the CDC that did that report, you know, back in 20. 2013 that talked about the fact that even if the families may not look, you know, traditional in a sense of mother, father living in house together, whether the father may not be living there, there's that engagement on many levels, more so than any other community. But again, that's a narrative that doesn't work in society as it relates to black males. And but it still persists today, even though it's been proven and not be true. Yeah, that's also frustrating. So CDC comes out with this report 
Uh, it got mm -hmm. some attention, but I, I think many people won't have not even heard those yes. statistics and still buy into, as you just you know so eloquently stated, this uh, oftentimes religious right, this conservative mm -hmm. Christian mm -hmm. uh, ideology that black men are absent and that's what's wrong with with black families and that's why we see you know high crime rates you know they, mm -hmm. they use that as try to draw a straight line as the the problem that's in the black community is because of the yes. quote-unquote absent black dad who isn't absent <laughs> right right but can i add something to that i think it's also important to understand that we historically have have had policies that have actively worked to push black fathers out of the home in so many situations in our communities, you can't, you haven't been able to rent apartment buildings if you have a, a father in the home, or you haven't been able to get access to welfare if there was a parent. And so uh, the, I, I called it the coming motherhood, but it was the coming matriarchy, the report that I talked about a few decades ago. But we've had policy set up in place where it was, it was harder for a mother to get assistance with that father in the home. And so we also have to look at the fact that there's been a concerted effort in this society to push fathers out, primarily black fathers from that home. It's not people make it just, oh, this guy just had a one night stand and just didn't care and, and left. There were economic considerations that this government put in place in many of our communities that made it harder for black men to be in those homes. But despite that, we're still there and still present. Yeah, Dr. Diane Stewart wrote a book on black love and black families, where she does this really incredible uh, job in a couple of chapters outlining those very policies of the 50s, 60s, mm -hmm. uh, and even into the 70s. That yep. You lived in public housing and, and all the, the you know, um, uh, efforts that uh, women had to go through to hide evidence of the father because the social workers coming in and, you know, the kids are all involved. Everybody's got to hide the shoes and hide the, the ties and hide any evidence of the father. And this country said, look, mom, if you want to get help with these kids, you can't have the dad around. Exactly. And so these policies, as you said, that purposely separated families uh, and made it impossible uh, for black fathers to live in a home. And then mm -hmm. Then you go as a country and criticize the father for not being in the home, even though the policy prevents him from being in the home. That, that's a mm -hmm. kind of pressure uh, and a kind of uh, hypocrisy, I, I should say, that this government uh, is engaged in for decades. And many of that still, many of those policies still exist. But have you seen any changes, Dr. Domingo? You mentioned the Cosby's uh, show, which was you know popular in the 80s when, mm -hmm. when we all love Bill you know, mm -hmm. before the the, the prosecution and yeah, the, all that. <laughs> or you know, when, when Bill was still America's dad, what what other progress do you think has been made, if any, in terms of how dads are black dads are presented in the media? Well, I have definitely seen an improvement, and and I don't watch every show that's out there nowadays. And to be quite honest, television wise, I'm more of a sci-fi comic book type of guy. But even in that. I'm seeing more black fathers who are present. And there are some shows that I, that I watch who are quite honestly, the most stable person on the show is, is the black father. And these aren't shows that it's like an all black cast. I'm talking about shows like DC's Arrow, which went off the air a couple of years ago. The Flash, which is still on you know, right now, has a very prominent black father. And so I'm starting to see more roles where the black father is there, the black father is present, and the black father may have different sexual orientations, you know, may not always be the, you know, the, the heterosexual uh, black male, but is present as well. And so I, I am seeing a little bit of a, uh, of a concerted effort to paint fathers better in these shows. We need 
more of it because the narrative that is out there is still strong. It's not happening clearly enough to, to, to my liking in terms of the numbers, but I have seen a concerted effort to have black fathers painted in a better light on some of these television shows. Not all of them, but a good number of them. So it's interesting, I'm watching something on Netflix called uh, All American, and mm -hmm. Kate Diggs plays the dad uh, he's married to a white woman and they have two kids who are twins and he's an ex NFL player. He has a father uh, that raised him that, you know, uh, instilled his love for football and, and supported him all the way from a high school player to college D one to the NFL. Uh, he marries a white woman. The father rejects the white woman. And then there's another family in the, the show where the black father leaves the family and there's all this uh, conversation that's taking place on social media about the fact that Tate Diggs is the stable, very successful, F, you know, ex-NFL player now, high school coach, but he's married to a white woman. So there's mm -hmm. these dynamics about, are, are, is this show saying black dads work when there's a white wife involved, but the other black father who was married to a black woman mm -hmm. exits, he's gone from his kids for like eight years. So do you think, you know, how does that play into this whole, you know, this, this image of black dads? Do you think, you know, media, and I know you said you don't watch television, but this happens in a lot of, even commercials now, we see yeah, a lot of yeah. interracial couples. And I've had some media experts on and say, hey, we love that. But at the same time, we haven't had enough, you know, time in this country where we've seen stable black fathers in homes with black mothers and black kids. How do you respond to that critique? Oh, most definitely. As it relates to the commercials, yes, we have been seeing more interracial couples in the commercials, but I think we can both say many of those interracial couples have not featured black fathers. There have been a couple, but you know, generally speaking, if you do get a black person as a parent, it's usually a black woman and a, and a white husband. And, and so we have seen some of that as well. When it comes to these TV shows, absolutely, they're still perpetuating a little bit of that stereotype. And we have to understand that this is part of Hollywood, right? I mean, Hollywood, historically, if you have t a black couple that are in a movie, it's, it's considered a black movie. But so you have in, in terms of, and then you don't get the same level of money financially in terms of support so but you add you make it interracial you know maybe add a white wife or something like that then it becomes a movie for the people it becomes for everybody there's a there's a budget increase and so there's a desire to to want to see that on some levels but when it comes to that traditional black family as relates to the media we absolutely have to see more of that because people still want to put that stereotype out there because quite honestly at the end of the day it sells and even though i've talked about a little bit of progress that i'm that i'm seeing in some of these television shows the fact that the matter is that the black man as thug, the black man as the hardcore guy, the black guy as the absentee, it still sells compared to black fathers in the home, just as the black woman as the sexual deviant, as the black woman as the person who's dependent on the government or who's who's uh, who's always angry, that still sells, or sassy, the Jezebel type, that still sells on television as well. And so we have to be mindful of that. We have to acknowledge progress when it's happening, but when it's not happening, we got to call it out. And quite honestly, that's why I'm working on a documentary myself on black fathers just because i think it's really important that they get portrayed in the way that i see them <laughs> because i don't know any black fathers who are not in the home yeah you know it's so interesting I, I really like this show all american but as you're talking i'm thinking about the show really does kind of play into every racial stereotype mm -hmm. there is. <laughs> i'm like okay Ariva. all of the criminals in the show are black men there you go. You know, 
they've killed, you know, they're, they're the gangsters. They've killed people. Mm-hmm. They've been to jail. They, you know, they've got CD passes. They're engaged in all kinds of CD crap. Mm-hmm. All the white characters in the show are rich Beverly Hills, you know, folks. There is a one black guy. Yeah. Just, uh, uh, there's a black guy who is a music producer, very successful. He leaves his daughter for months at a time, a high school wow. kid in this big mansion. And she ends up having a, you know, like a mental breakdown. So, okay, yes, even stuff that we're so conditioned. Wow. And yeah. I was thinking, like, kind of mad at myself. Like, why are you watching this show with all these characters? <laughs> yeah, so it gets normalized. Even ask ourselves, like, how, you know, like, what role do we play in perpetuating these stereotypes? They're so That's common right. that even when you're like into a character, or like, I like Tate Diggs as an actor, mm-hmm. you know, subconsciously, I am being fed these stereotypes. Right. It's tough, Dr. Dabinga, which is why I'm so glad I got to, you know, move towards wrapping this up. So I got to shift from all of that horrible negative stuff that happens to something positive, which is that you, as you said, working on this documentary. So one, congratulations to that. But also you pay tribute to dad. You, you actually created a song called Every Day is Father's Day. Why did you do that? Well, I wanted to honor my dad and I wanted to add all the fathers out there who I just saw were not getting the the recognition. And I wanted to honor fathers of all backgrounds because I feel like the story, we just get neglected. You know, I was watching a thing on gun violence on on MSNBC yesterday and and, um, it was a white woman who was on there and she said, you know, black and brown moms have been doing this work on gun violence way before I got involved. And I'm like, well, dang, how hard is it to say that black and brown moms and dads have been involved in anti-gun violence, anti-gang violence? Like, we are here, and society just refuses to see us on many levels, but we are just as integral to our households as, as, as moms, and it's no disrespect on the moms. Uh, we need to work together collectively to acknowledge the hard work that both moms and dads are doing to raise kids who can be productive citizens in this society, and that's why I did the video. Yeah, that's, that's a really good point. And oftentimes we know that, you know, efforts to drive a wedge between black men and women, that, yeah. that's real uh, yeah. from a policy standpoint, media does it. Uh, and oftentimes it's, they act as if there's a binary choice, right? Mm-hmm. Either black women or black men versus, yeah. as you just said, of course, black fathers have, uh, you know, they feel the pain when, you know, we watch these black kids get killed by police and we watch them get killed in their own communities. Uh, they have a father. You know, yes. There is a father. And, and even though the mom might be out front giving the press conference or appearing to be leading the, the charge for justice or whatever, there, there's a dad somewhere. That, that kid didn't just fall out the sky. And, and we That's have right. to definitely recognize that more. So I really am grateful to you for the work that you are doing. What, what else can we do, Dr. Dabinga, in this moment to help? Uh, you know, there is a lot of stuff that dads do men do that mm-hmm. you know it's not cool there's yes, still a lot yeah. of gender bias sure. uh, and, and we still live in a patriarchal system in this country mm-hmm. but i'm all for elevating I, I have a husband who is a phenomenal dad of my three kids and i didn't meet my dad until i was 18 so i had a very rocky relationship which is not uncommon for a lot of people mm-hmm. black and white in this country uh but there are great dads like yourself my husband you know millions of great dads out there that we want to elevate and support. How how do we turn this narrative around? 
Well, we have to take advantage of the platforms that we have and, you know, using this incredible platform to, to share this knowledge. And people may not have as large a platform as you or, or people who are out there in the public space like you as well. As we come up on this weekend and beyond, use your social media to, to share some good stories of people who, you know, maybe it wasn't your father, another father you saw in the community, people who are doing hard work right now. Maybe it's a teacher who's been like a father figure for so many in your community. There are so many people out there, biological fathers and father figures who deserve to be honored and who deserve to have some recognition. And I just believe in painting a balanced picture of everything. Uh, every father isn't perfect. Like you said, many are absentee, but if we spend more time celebrating the ones who are there, then we're going to start to see that the media, the television stations, they're going to start to see, oh, there's more of a demand for this. So let's start putting it out there. Let's start getting these scripts that have the Black Fathers out there because they exist. Let's start putting these writers in the room that want to talk about Black Fathers because they exist. But we have to understand that if the people lead, the leaders will follow. So let's all get out there and use our platforms to celebrate fathers, any father that we know in any way, shape or form. That's how we're going to continue to change this narrative. All right. Absolutely. Uh, you know, what about we're talking about changing the narrative. Tell us about the relationship that you have with your kids, because oftentimes I think a lot of dads, you know, people representation is so important, right? People mm -hmm. mirror what they see. And sometimes dads and I've heard younger fathers say this, say they didn't have a father. So mm -hmm. they didn't know how to be a father. I have a, a young nephew like this. He has a, a two year old. And he looks to my husband a great deal to help him because he said, even though his father was in a home, he wasn't very involved. So he's mm -hmm. learning how to be a dad. What, what are some of the things you would say to a, a young father that's struggling, that, that wants to be involved, but doesn't, you know, maybe they didn't have a role model in their mm -hmm. own home. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say that quite honestly, I understand what people say when they didn't have somebody in, in the home, but there's a lot of things we learned to figure out that we didn't have access to, right? People learn how to do things as it relates to money. They may not know much about finances. They read books and this and that. My point in going back to my prior point is that there's always somebody that you can celebrate or look to in the community. So yes, you may not have had that father in your home, but maybe there's a teacher in your school. If you're going to church or mosque, maybe there's somebody there. Or again, you, you can study and read and see what other people are putting out about Black fathers. You can read you know, books about these things. Not having one in the home is not an excuse to not know how to father because really at the end of the day, you know for the child that you're having, do everything that you didn't have or that you didn't get. And if you didn't have or get those things, there are outlets for you to be able to get that type of help. But you have to actively seek that help because nobody's just going to provide it for you. So we understand that not having that there in the household can be a challenge, but there's so much access to information that you can get nowadays. But acknowledging that, that nobody was there, that's actually the first step because you're acknowledging that you wanna be better for your seed now. And so it's beautiful that you acknowledge that you may need to get some help, some outside help, some therapy to acknowledge the hurt and the pain that's there, but you're doing all of this so that you can be more present for your own children. So that's the first step on a ride towards you being a great father. And I congratulate you for being any father out there feeling that way, because you're on that journey. Yeah, and I just want to say, even though I didn't meet my dad until I was 18, we, we ended up having a, a very close relationship and he played a really important role in my life. Uh, mm -hmm. So even if you're a dad out there and you haven't been involved in year one, year five, year 10, doesn't mean you can't be involved in your child's life beyond that. So, you know, people are human. We don't get books. We don't get guidebooks when we become parents. Yeah. 
So even if you've made some mistakes in the lives of your children, you can still turn it around. You can, can, I, can I say something on that really quickly? Oh, so I, I did my doctorate on Jay-Z, you know, as we talked about before. I teach a class on Jay-Z. You know, Jay-Z's father walked out on him when he was about 11 years old. They didn't reunite until he was about 30-something years old. And two months after Jay-Z reunited with his dad, his dad died. And his dad asked him to forgive him for being absent. And Jay-Z said, if I didn't forgive him, if he didn't come back into my life, I would not have been able to heal my Myself in a way to be able to marry Beyonce because it opened me up to be able to love even though I didn't know how to. That's the importance of what you said about even though you may have been distant, you can always work your way back in if you choose to. Yeah, that, that, I didn't know that about Jay-Z and thank you for sharing. It's such a powerful story and, and there's so many stories out there like that, right? Where someone's dad wasn't around and then there's that choice and then I got to go back to my show I'm watching. <laughs> there is a, a redemption story there because the dad that left for eight years comes back. He's dying of cancer. Uh, and But his son has to deal with the pain of him being gone for eight years. But there is this moment before he dies where they do reconcile and the dad mm -hmm. apologizes and the son admits to the dad that I was angry. Yes. I was angry because you left me but I, you know, I want you to be in my life. And so there is that redemption that, that can occur when you are open as the child and when the parent, but the parents got to do the work too. So I, I right. talk, you know, I've counseled with some dads who think that the kid should be reaching out to them and want the yep. kid to do more. And it's like, no, dude, you're the adult yep. in this situation. You've got to humble yourself apologize. And if the kid doesn't accept it on the first apology, it may take apology 990. That's right. But you as the adult have to hang in there and keep doing that work. So, uh, so important that we encourage dads, as you say, maybe in your church or mosque, your community, if you know a single dad out there or a dad that's struggling, uh, you know, give them some love on this Father's Day. Let them know that they don't have to be perfect. That's right. Present. Don't have to be perfect, but be present. Thank you so much, Dr. Domingo. Always good to see you. Uh, great work as usual. Can't wait for your documentary to come out to have you come back to uh, share that with us because I know it's going to be bomb. Uh, <laughs> Thank everything you. that you touch. So again, uh, happy Father's Day to you uh, and your kids. All three of them are lucky to have you <laughs> as their dad. Thank you. Always good to see you, my friend. Well, thank all my... This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.